Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hey everyone, it's Andy Bueller, high school sports reporter and host of the Scorebook Live Today podcast. So the coronavirus has shut down schools and halted high school sports, but we're taking things up a notch in hopes to help during this time of great uncertainty. Each day, we're releasing a special episode of this podcast called Dickow's Quarantine Series, where our own Dan Dickow interviews an expert in their respective field, from coaches to trainers, authors to uh, former standout athletes. Subscribe to this podcast for free, and please rate, review, and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Let's keep everyone safe by washing your hands and following the governor's stay-at-home mandate. We're just as excited for high school sports to return as you are. Here's Dan Dickow after a word from our sponsor. Are you a small business impacted by the coronavirus? Washington Federal is here to help. Washington Federal is a proud sponsor of Scorebook Live, and it's offering a five-year business line of credit with 90 days interest for free to businesses that have seen a 10% or greater drop. Apply now to receive up to $200,000 on business lines of credit. The folks at Washington Federal understand small businesses may need an emergency loan. They're doing their best to help during this global pandemic. If you're a small business owner who needs help, head to wafdbank.com to apply. Questions? Email business.lifeline at wafd.com. Dan Dickow, Scorebook Live Washington, with today's podcast, a another special guest during our quarantine series, uh, Seattle basketball legend, uh, Jamal Crawford. I know uh, I have the chance to see his, his expression um, through our Zoom camera. Um, I don't know if he liked the term legend, but to be honest, Jamal, you're, you're a hoop legend in the Seattle, uh, Washington community. So first off, thanks for joining us. Nice to reconnect. Nice. Thanks for having me. I, I, I don't know if I can top the introduction. But if I'm a legend, you are too. So thank you. You know, I won't go that far. I, I will say this. I so, will. Um, I will. You won a state title in 1998 with Rainier Beach. Um, I was a freshman at the University of Washington at that time. Uh, I remember watching you uh, during the district and regional playoffs. You guys had games at Heckhead. And, and I remember thinking to myself, he's playing a different game than everybody else is right now. Uh, what were some of the best memories that you have from your high school time uh, with your Rainier Beach teammates? Yeah, it was just the journey. You know what I mean? Like before I came to actually to Rainier Beach, the last time I think we'd even been to the state tournament was like 1990 three maybe I think that was like the last time so it wasn't like we were just powerhouse you know what I mean we were just kids who uh, were trying to make our way and trying to take the steps to get to the state tournament but I, I always believed and my teammates believed that we could win it we just had a lot of confidence and at that time there's some uh, really really good teams with Mercer Island and Mount Vernon Olympia and O'Day and all these great teams and nobody really believed in us outside of our team until the state tournament they were like oh these guys are for real but at that point, we already believed it and we already kind of saw it. And it was just, it's like the best time ever. Always tell kids now, enjoy this. Like after this, it becomes more of a business, even on college, the college level. Like this is still where it's pure, it's fun. 
enjoy this. This is not telling that I'm like, even after a long career, this is the most fun I ever had playing basketball was high school. So that you really enjoy it. Well, I definitely can remember clearly that you did enjoy it after you guys won a state tournament. Uh, colleges always have open gyms and some of the better high school team uh, players in the area always come and kind of play in those runs because guys are being recruited. And I remember starting to get to know you at that time. I was a freshman. You had just, like I said, won the 98 state championship. You and uh, Dave King, who's an assistant yep. now at, Rain at Rainier Beach, you yep. used to always come up to the old annex and play pickup. Um, at what point of your high school career did you think that you were going to have a chance to not only play high-level Division One basketball, but maybe even have a chance to play beyond that? Because I know all kids have goals and dreams, and I think they should. Um, but at what point did you think it might be a reality? Uh, for me, it was more so when I started playing pro -in, because that's when I was introduced to playing against pros, professionals for the first time, playing against the Dana Stoudemire, playing with Doug Christie playing against Sean Kemp and Yikadare and Cliff Robinson, all those guys. And I had success. And, and now looking back, obviously, you know, they weren't playing their hardest. You know I mean? In the summer, they're just working on whatever they're working on, getting a sweat. But for me as a kid, I was like, you know what? I'm having a lot of success against these guys. I think uh, I may have a chance to do this. And then they were kind of giving me fuel, like, you can do it. And when you hear, you know, some of your heroes, people at the top level saying you can do it, you start believing it. And at that point, so by the time you want to say championship, I already had that feeling like, I think I can do this. And that's why going back, you said it seemed like I was playing a different game. I kind of was because I was like, if I can have success with these grown men, going back to play against kids in high school, I just, my confidence was through the roof. You know, you, you just mentioned playing against pros when you were in high school. You're now running the Seattle program in, in Seattle called the, the Crossover. And I have, unfortunately, I haven't had a chance to go check it out. I Hopefully soon I can. Um, but I follow it online and social media different ways. And, and that is so impressive to me how you give back to those young kids in the Seattle area. High school players, college players, but even, you know, the, the guys who um, didn't quite make it to the level that you did in the NBA but are still playing overseas. Um, you have a chance to bring all these really good players from, from the Seattle and the Northwest together in the summers and com compete. How did that come about for you to be kind of the, the caretaker of that league? And, and what does that mean to you? Well, it means everything. Uh, Doug Christie had it before I did. And like I said, I was a young kid. I was 16 years old playing in it. And it gave me like all the fuel I needed to play with those guys, being around those guys, watching how they, tucked in their uniforms, just watching how they prepared as professional guys. Here's this high school kid. And I know what it did for me. And Doug, uh, he passed it on to me when he got later in his career. And he said, I know you'll take care of it because I kind of grew up in it, right? So I was like, it was really, really special to me. And I, I held it near and dear. And so for me, I was like, okay, I want to give kids that same platform, give them that same uh, juice to be able to say, you know what, I can play against pros. I may not do as well. I may do well. But you can see what you can work on. Just be on the court with a pro, right? So I want to give them that same experience. And then it's just now it's like a melting pot. You have pros, you have overseas guys, you have high school guys, you have guys who are good who didn't go far, far with basketball after that. So it's just great to me. It really is. And it's a staple in our community. And I think it's even more so important now because we don't have the Sonics. So the closest some of these kids see to professional basketball is either going to Portland for a game or 
watching it on SportsCenter or NBA TV or playing 2K. So that's why I asked the kids who they want to see, right? Now, I've had the Kevin Durant, Blake Griffins, Chris Pauls, Kobe came and watched uh, all these wonderful players, but it came from the kids, and that's what they wanted to see, and I was trying to make it happen. Yeah, it's a phenomenal way that you've given back um, to the Seattle basketball community. You've also given back uh, immensely from what I've seen online the past week or so with all the crazy things going on in the world. Um, you're obviously in a position um, where, where you have the opportunity to give back. How much does that mean to you to give back to the Seattle community uh, during these hard times? It means so much because when I was a kid, I used to dream about playing the NBA, right? But once you reach that level, you're like, okay, this is cool. But the way kids look up to me, the way people uh, hold on to your every word, that's really cool, especially if you're kind of influencing them in the right direction. And so for me, I was like, you know what? Most of the things I do for people, organizations, whatever, I don't really talk about, to be honest with you. And that's why this was a little uncomfortable talking about it. But the reason I chose to talk about it with this is because hopefully I can, you know, kind of spark somebody and say, you know what, I have an extra dollar I can give to somebody. It can help feed people. It can help in these tough times because we really have to lean on each other. And that's why the meals were important. That's why I help them uh, kind of create a fund for teachers who aren't getting paid right now and partnering with World Vision to get emergency kits with meals and daily essentials like sanitizer, toilet paper for families, you know, and then we, uh, we partner with, uh, who else we did? World Vision, the teachers, Feeding America, oh, Boys and Girls Club. Cause I, I talked to the, the school district and I was like, what's the need for the kids? And they were like, well, the parents that are going to work, they're used to their kids being in school, so we need childcare. So I helped out with that as well. So the kids would have somewhere safe to go. And then I just asked some of my friends, Zach Levine, Cliff Averill, uh, D. Gordon, to be a part as well. And they didn't have to give to the same thing. To give to anybody that needs it in, this, in these times was just as impressive. You know, that's one, one thing I've always uh, appreciated about you as I kind of, you know, got to know you. You know, like I said, when I was a freshman, you were still a high school yeah. stayed in touch uh, occasionally over the years. You've always been really humble. and You've been really gracious with your time. And I think that's one reason – uh, the state of Washington and Seattle uh, appreciates you so much. Um, many times in your formative years in high school, a high school coach has an impact on a student athlete and a player. I can only imagine that Coach Mike Bethea had a yeah. big impact on you. Talk about how he pushed you, uh, how he's guided you, and maybe now to this day how he might be a friend or, you know, a uh, somebody that you rely on when you have different things going on? Because everybody's road is different and everybody's role models and who they look up to are different. Yeah, I think uh, we tend to throw around the word or term father figure a lot, but he truly is that to me. Uh, we stayed in touch throughout this whole time. We may even gotten closer, you know, after I left. And, and I asked him for advice all the time. He asked me what I see in different situations and what I think about different situations. and. He's truly like a father figure. He's like my second dad, you know? So he, he really molded me on being big on respect, big on treating people the way you want to be treated, uh, big on work ethic, big on uh, giving back. He always talked about those same things. And so I think when you see me or you see a Doug Christie or you see guys like that, DeJounte Murray, all these guys, Nate Robinson who came from Inner Beach, you may see some of those qualities. And that comes from him. You know, with Doug, he wasn't the head coach, but he was an assistant coach at the time. And just, he's always built on that. He's always, every kid that comes to the gym, whether they play there or not, kind of embraces. 
he's helped so many kids as well. Like just to get a chance to college, get a chance to uh, look from a different school. He has so many relationships now that he's able to help other kids that don't go to Rainier Beach. And I, I found that really impressive because it could be a competitive school or rivalry going on, but he's still trying to help that kid that may not get the looks. And I really respect that about him. That's just one thing I respect. Seattle, Washington has more NBA players than a lot of people realize. And it goes yeah. back, you know, 20 years. Seattle might have more pros in the NBA than any city. Um, yeah. And I think when you look at the two main high schools in that, it's Rainier Beach and it's Garfield. Um, yeah. You know, can you break down the rivalry between Rainier Beach and Garfield? Because I know you're close with Will Conroy, who's now an assistant in UW. I know you're close with Brandon Roy. Uh, there's got to be a unique, friendly rivalry between those two schools. It definitely is. And, and Franklin as well. They've had Jason yeah. Terry, Aaron Brooks, and Peyton Seaver, Alvin Snow, and Antoine Williams, a bunch of great players. Uh, it's, it's interesting because, to be honest with you, I never really looked at the Seattle basketball. I always looked at it as Washington. Right, like I always say, the best player ever from people who forget John Stockton is like the best player ever from Washington. So I, 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 I stick my chest out for Washington more so than just Seattle. But those two schools in particular, I always look at the Garfield uh, Bulldogs like the Lakers. Like they were around when it was only eight teams in the league, right? So they have so much history. My mom went to Garfield. Uh, Rainier Beach kind of came on besides the Doug Championship. They came on later, the end of the 90s. And I kind of looked at it as like the we like the Bulls and their run. Like, we've had a great run, but the Lakers have all the history. So it's definitely an inner-city rivalry there, but it's one of those things where we'll go at each other, but we won't let anybody else outside the state come mess with us. You know what I mean? So even though that's that rivalry there, it's, it's, it's a deep-rooted friendship, and I think that makes us both better because we understand we know how to respect that. Last question before I, I let you go, because I know you got a lot of uh, things, as we all do on our plates. Yeah homeschooling and, yeah. and taking care of things around the house right now. But, you know, you look at your NBA career, you've played for close to 20 years. You've played with, with and against some of the best players in recent memory. Is there any one player or one particular memory or moment that stands out above the rest? I think for me, getting close with Michael Jordan, it's probably my number one thing because when I was going through the whole draft process, my dad was like, Hey, Michael Jordan likes your game. This is before social media, any of that. So I'm like, dad, like what's the chances of you knowing Michael Jordan likes my game, right? There's no way. So he's like, no, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. So I get fast forward a little bit. I get drafted by the Bulls. Uh, Tim Grover, Jordan's trainer calls me. He's like, Hey, MJ said you can meet him. We have a game that day. So we have a shoot around at 10 in the morning. He calls me at six. I get down there by seven. MJ's already been there since six working out he's 40 years old coming back to the Wizards he's doing this defensive slide drill and we talked and he was like hey this summer you know you can work out with me and I'm like wow so I called everybody I'm like man my dad was right my dad said you know <laughs> come to find out my dad went to Oregon and played there he went to school with Amara Rashad. Amara Rashad and Jordan like this they were, we were really close they can't see my face but they're really really close and that's how my dad knew that Michael Jordan liked my game. But that's probably the one moment because he's like my favorite player. I mean, he always has been. So that's probably the moment that sticks out above everything else. Well, that's awesome. Uh, th there's nothing like a good Michael Jordan story, regardless <laughs> of if you're a current rookie or you're retired or, 
are just a fan. There, there's nothing like it. In, in my opinion, he's the greatest of all time. There's been plenty of great players since in their world, but he's the greatest of all time. So, Jamal, I just want to say thanks for joining Scoreboard Live Washington today on our podcast and, and continuing to be a, uh, a great supporter of high school sports in the Seattle area and the Washington community um, and, and just taking some time out of your day. So we, we appreciate all that you do for, for our community. So thanks. And I appreciate you and the foundation you laid as well. And I meant that at the beginning. If I'm a legend, you are too. And Big Cowles brings names around these parts. You definitely ring bells. You know, you, Luke, Aaron Brooks, Brandon, all of us have had a, some type of part in it. So thank you as well. All right. Again, thanks, Jamal. We appreciate it. For Scorebook Live Washington today, I'm Dan Dickow. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.